You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today we return to the monthly series, Back to the Future, in which we discuss the renewed interest in traditional approaches to food, farming, and natural resource preservation. Today we're speaking with Martin Stratoff, Executive Director at Ontario Farmland Trust, about preserving and protecting farmland and helping farmers share their stories. Welcome, Martin. Thank you, Peggy. In the past 35 years, how much farmland has been lost in Ontario and why? Yeah, so when we look back to the Census of Agriculture to 1986, at that time we were farming 14 million acres of farmland. Today we're down to 11.7. So that's over 2 million acres lost in the last 35 years alone. When you think about what size that is, that's the farmland area equivalent to 14 times the size of the city of Toronto. And then at the same time, we're still seeing uh, 319 acres lost every day, which is quite substantial. And of course, there's a lot of different reasons for farmland loss over the decades. It's it's very complex and uh, different policies have changed that have influenced uh, why farmland has been taken out of production. And it ranges in changes in land use, such as urban sprawl or aggregate pits and landfills. Or there's been socioeconomic factors, such as better paying jobs in the city, so less farmers are uh, coming back to take over the family farm. There's also been a restructuring of agriculture towards an industrialized practice that has a lot of the small-scale family farms starting to dwindle and and changes towards a more globalized food system. So there's been a lot of uh, um, overlays on impacts that uh, is changing the landscape of our food system. Wow, that is substantial. Let's talk about the Ontario Farmlands Trust. How long has it been in place and how did it come about? Yeah, so the Ontario Farmland Trust uh, opened its doors in 2004. So we're coming up on our 20th anniversary in, in a couple short years. And uh, we came about after uh, uh, quite a bit of research and exploration into the issues of farmland loss within this province. And and a few key researchers at the University of Guelph were exploring different mechanisms in which uh, farmland can be protected. And out of that uh, came this notion of a land trust that was dedicated to the preservation of farmland in this province. And then here we are today. Do other provinces have farmland trusts? Yeah, there's different uh, iterations of farmland trusts across Canada. We must have been very lucky in 2004 to have gotten that approval, because um, I know a few other land trusts are still struggling, but but are dedicated to farmland protection. Can you expand on the Ontario Farmland Trust mission, which is to protect and preserve Ontario farmland and associated agricultural, natural and cultural features of the countryside? Absolutely. So I think this is a fairly robust mission statement that covers a lot of ground. So uh, really starting off and recognizing that there's public interest in protecting Ontario's agricultural land. In 2005, actually, the province recognized that farmland can be protected through the Conservation Land Act. And so this has enabled us to protect farmland using farmland conservation easements. And so this is the part of the protecting and preserving Ontario farmland for the agricultural features, really meaning, um, you know, the fields in which our food production comes from, um, which is so important for food security. But then farmland also has natural features that include forests, wetlands and grasslands. 
And these natural features play an important role in a lot of the ecosystem services our communities rely on, such as water filtration, flood mitigation, and carbon sequestration. And so they've provided uh, a lot of those services for our communities, but they also provide habitats for species at risk, both plants and animals, um, as well as a connected landscape that's used for corridors for migratory animals. And then the cultural aspect um, of the countryside, you know, really thinking about rural characteristics. And that often involves people acting as the stewards of their land, um, as well as having a strong uh, community focus. Whereas, you know, when we think about the agricultural community, we have neighbors sharing equipment and knowledge, um, lending a hand to plow each other's fields or um, creating cooperatives to market their product together. Um, so there's generations of farming knowledge in our rural communities, and, and there's a cultural component to that. So the work that we do spans all three of those categories. Wonderful. I'm really interested in the book called Farmland Preservation, Land for Future Generations. Can you give us a high-level overview of it? This is a great book that should be on everybody's nightstand, I think, but maybe I'm a bit biased in that. <laughs> <laughs> so this book uh, really uh, lends itself to people who are looking to get a better sense of the history of the changes of farmland in Ontario and across Canada. I'm going to give a quick shout out to Wayne Caldwell, who's actually my advisor uh, for my thesis. Um, we also have Stu Hiltz, who was one of the early founders of the Ontario Farmland Trust, and Bronwyn Wilton, who uh, was also uh, a lot of her research has really contributed to the Farmland Trust's um, activities as well. Uh, she served on the board of directors for our organization. Um, so they are uh, real champions in advocating for farmland protection within this province. They've done a really fantastic job guiding the reader um, on a journey that farmland has, um, has had in this province from very early days, 1800s, right up to the challenges that we're facing today and some of those key critical moments in history that has shaped farmland as we see it today. It helps the reader understand that there are many ways to even view farmland, either for its uh, utility, for its resources, or for its environmental or social benefits. So it really gives this broad perspective as you go through the different chapters. It really helps shape the conversation about farmland protection to be, be beyond just whatever the highest and best value of land can be, because we can't always look at that in terms of farmland um, in this immediate instance, because, uh, you know, these simple economics uh, can't be applied when we're thinking about generations down the road. And if we take farmland away from those generations, well, we're stripping them of that opportunity to be able to engage in an agrarian lifestyle um, if and when they need that opportunity. Well, it sounds like a very foundational text that has uh, a multidisciplinary approach. Excellent book and uh, looking forward to looking at it again myself. Also, the Farmland Trust, Ontario Farmland Trust, has been involved in a campaign called Places to Grow Food. How did that campaign affect life today? Yeah, so it was uh, a, a great campaign really focusing on a major educational programming that was targeting municipalities, planners, rural non-farm landowners, and really the broader community in order to build support for this notion around uh, places where we can grow our food for Ontario. And so I think one of the results that we've really seen out of that is a steady increase in planners' interest in the integration of how can we take the notion of 
food production and apply it to our community planning, both in terms of policies and also the way we're designing our communities. I think that's helped stimulate more people's interest in having access to things like community gardens. And when people are getting more involved in community gardens and they're learning about where their food is coming from, then you're starting to see a bigger understanding in the um, you know, social discourse around needing to protect farmland. You know, we've seen municipalities now trying to protect their agri-food system, and we're seeing different regions or right down to a municipal level that maps out where you can get local food from, really helping support the local um, producer. And so there's been a lot of positive aspects that have come out of this campaign, and we really look forward to continuing our role as educators at the Ontario Farmland Trust. There's something called the Farmland Easement Agreement. And can you tell us how that works in order to protect Ontario farmland? Yeah, so the Farmland Easement Agreements is a tool that we have at our disposal at the Ontario Farmland Trust, um, which is basically a conservation easement agreement. And those are voluntary but legally binding agreements that are permanent in nature. And so they solidify the future land use of a property that this agreement gets put on title of. And so it'll protect it for agriculture and conservation purposes only. And so what's really unique and interesting about this is that the agreement doesn't end up impacting the land ownership or the farm business. But what it does is create this uh, legal agreement where the conservation rights are donated to the Ontario Farmland Trust. And then we protect those conservation rights basically as a public interest to say this land will remain in agriculture forever. Um, and so there is a bit of an impact that that can have on property value, on the fair market value. And so what's really great about what this uh, farmland conservation easement does is it allows us to issue tax receipts for the landowner uh, for the depreciated value of their property. So they do get a level of compensation for being able to say, we are protecting this property forever. And that helps prevent somebody like a real estate speculator come in and want to be able to drop millions of dollars on a property that, you know, another farmer might not be able to outbid because that real estate agent wants to develop um, on that property. And so, uh, you know, it really does help protect the agricultural system both today and for the future. Wonderful. And you had mentioned, Martin, something I'd like to follow up on here. The organization's tagline is protecting farmland forever. That's a really long time. Uh, how does this happen? Yeah, so what's great about these farmland conservation easements is that uh, they are permanent. They get put onto the title of the property. It doesn't just go with the landowner once they sell the property. So the next landowner and the one after that and the one after that are bound by these conservation um, restrictions that are within this agreement. Forever is a very long time, but that's what we need to do to be able to protect farmland. And these tools allow us to do that. Thank you so much, Martin, for your vision in protecting farms, at-risk species, and agricultural ways of life. After the break, we'll hear more about helping farmers share their stories in order to preserve farmland with Martin Stratoff from Ontario Farmland Trust. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. You're listening to Food for the Future. 
We're speaking with Martin Stratoff, Executive Director at Ontario Farmland Trust, about farmers' stories and protecting agricultural, natural, and cultural features of the countryside. Martin, Ontario Farmland Trust works to preserve and protect land use through planning policy. How do farmers' stories help politicians and and citizens who are voting and supporting bills and acts and whatnot? How does it help them understand why farmland needs to be protected? Yeah, so I I really think stories help us empathize with one another, first and foremost. They help us gain respect and appreciation for something we might not have understood fully before. And it brings a human element to communities and reconnects us. And then we also start to realize the losses that are involved when something like farmland is paved over. And we understand that loss to a greater extent, and not only for today's generations, but for future generations as well. So there's a story from the book that we mentioned in the first uh, segment, Farmland Preservation, that has an excerpt from a diary entry from a farmer from 1876. And then following that is the farmer's descendant five generations later. So the story, you see the differences and the challenges that the farmers face and what they're writing about and what life is like. And not only running into um, issues about running a viable business, but also uh, challenges that they're facing in this sort of ever uh, changing economy. But we're also able to expand um, our understanding of what happens when urban sprawl goes right to the doorstep of this next farmer. Mm -hmm. And then they're faced with the challenges of whether or not they have to give up their family's farm that's been in operation for five, six generations and the challenges that they face with people being upset at the farmer for having to be on the road with their tractor to get their equipment uh, and their harvest home from the field. Um, and so being able to share stories, I think, like I said earlier, creates this level of empathy and understanding about what it is that the farmer has to go through on a daily basis to be able to bring food to the tables of Ontarians and the rest of the world. Why is it important to put names and faces when protecting farmlands? So these stories show the incredible work that these farmers and landowners do to steward and protect these lands. And those stories need celebrating. And they need to be told. And so if you're listening, go to the Ontario Farmland Trust website and look for the farmers who are featured and who have protected their land uh, in perpetuity, which is a really big word saying uh, forever into the future so that that land will be used for farm purposes. Another important offering from the Ontario Farmland Trust is the Friends of Farmland program, because I know when I hear about various initiatives that are going on, including what you're doing at Ontario Farmland Trust, I want to know how I can help. So what is the Friends of the Farmland program? Yes, our Friends of Farmland program is really our uh, program where we have a dedicated base of donors and supporters and allies behind the work that we do at the Ontario Farmland Trust. And it is a mighty team of individuals who really want to ensure that they're supporting our organization and the work that we do. And in turn, we're able to share with them the impact that their support has. So whether it be that we are talking about the number of new properties that we have protected this year with conservation easements, or if it's the amount of times we've engaged in policy discussions to help Uh, enable better farmland protection policy in their community. Uh, Or the other piece about the extension and outreach that we do, it just keeps people so much more engaged with the activities that we do and gives them an opportunity to give back to a cause that they believe in. That Friends of uh, Farmland program, I think, is really great because it's... uh... 
it, it helps people put um, their money and values together. And uh, many people are looking for that. So uh, it's, it's great. And we take a humanities approach to the show, Martin. So that's philosophy, history, creativity. And I'm wondering how these approaches will help us all protect the environmental and cultural significance of Ontario farmland. Yeah, great question, Peggy, because there certainly is a philosophy at play when we think about the reasons to protect farmland. And as I mentioned earlier, there can be intrinsic values people feel when they put uh, their heart and soul into their property. But there's also um, those that see the importance of protecting agrarian culture, history, and the creativity that can flourish in the countryside. And so for some people, the urban setting wouldn't really allow them to do that. And I also understand where those people would be coming from. Farmland has been seen as more than just a commodity to be exploited. Um, this will lead uh, to unsustainable land practices if it's the only way that we see agricultural land. And so we mentioned earlier in the show how farmland provides water filtration, flood mitigation, carbon sequestration. Well, this is all critical to the protection of life and property for people also living in urban centers. Things that happen out in the countryside end up impacting these types of uh, environmental activities going on in urban centers. And so we were seeing an increasing interest in things also like agritourism. And farms are opening up their farm gates for people to be able to come and experience a little bit of agritourism and see what kinds of activities go on out in the countryside. So they, uh, they have a, a rich array of activities that, that can go on with them. So all of these different approaches to um, both the environmental and cultural significance of, of farmland play such a critical role in how we live our lives, but also how we interact with nature as well. Because as we mentioned, farmland uh, provides habitat for species at risk. Um, as well as these uh, migratory corridors for animals. So there's a lot that goes on on farmland and, uh, you know, the, the environmental and the cultural aspects of it, they need to be protected as well. Absolutely. And, and farmers know this better than anyone. I was speaking to a beef farmer near Hamilton area and saying, how um, from an aerial view, her, her farm is the only green patch, right? You know, when you see aerial, there's, you know, different uses of land and, and it's her little green patch. And so she was talking about being able to a couple of years back when we didn't see as many monarch butterflies that she knew she could change the seed mix in her hay, alfalfa, whatever. And she, you know, talk about attracting pollinators. And it's also a great story of how forgiving nature is that if you, you know, replenish or put back that those species at risk or any of the biodiversity that farmers are helping to preserve really will respond. And I think that's a really hopeful message in these days more than ever when we need it. Um, everything's not perfect and we've made a lot of mistakes, but it seems there's a pattern of forgiveness in nature when we do the right things to help preserve it. So I think my heart's grown 10 sizes in this show, Martin, and I really don't want to ask you because I want to keep talking. Have you got any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I, I think that we are at a really critical point in our community planning and what we're doing in this province for our food supply and, and also a lot of other issues. You know, we're faced with a housing crisis right now as well. And I think it's just so important that we start thinking a little bit more creatively around being able to 
protect farmland while also solving problems around housing crisis and, and not saying that it has to be one or the other. And I think there's opportunities to do that when people get engaged with the food system in their communities that they belong to. So get to know your farmers, get to know those farmers who are your neighbors and learn about what's important to them and learn about what challenges they're facing in order to get food to your table. Um, because I think through that, as we mentioned earlier, those stories are going to help us create a little bit more empathy for one another and, and help build a community that we can thrive in. And I think that's really the end goal of all of us being here. Wonderful. And, and you know, farmers and families are a lot more alike than um, many of us may think. As I, The more I do this show, the more I realize farmers and families are actually experiencing many of the same pressures. So thank you for that inspirational final thought, Martin, and that advice to connect in and hear farmers' stories. Really, thank you also for being here today and sharing your not just your expertise, although there was a lot of that, your dedication. It comes across in the way you speak about it. You can tell you love your work. It's so important. And it's really encouraging to know that the entire team at the Ontario Farmland Trust, all the participating farmers, as well as the Friends of the Farmland contributors are working tirelessly to make sure that we have a future where there are family farms and therefore all of us can flourish. So thank you very much. Oh, and thank you so much, Peggy, for having me. Our sincere pleasure. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking about protecting farmland and helping farmers share their stories with Martin Strathoff, Executive Director at Ontario Farmland Trust. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, what could you do to help protect farmland? Something to do, visit ontariofarmlandtrust.ca to find out what farmers are doing across the province to ensure that family farms continue to be places where our food grows. Next week on the show, return to the monthly series, Food for Thought. We welcome back Margaret Hudson, President and CEO of Burnbrae Farms, to discuss innovations in agriculture. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.